to the AFL Ratings Podcast, round 20 wrap. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. I'd like to welcome in co-host Aaron Bryans. G'day, Aaron. Hey, Pete. Had this showdown on Saturday night, Adelaide versus Port Adelaide, of course. The wrap here, so Adelaide dominated the showdown. Uh, it was a pretty intense early, but just blew them away late. Yeah, completely flipped the script a little bit in terms of, I guess, the form lines. Port Adelaide being in the top two. We'll be very thankful that Brisbane lost the Q clash earlier, but for the Crows, um, yeah, their season is alive. If they've swept, I guess, the series of showdowns, whether or not we may see one in the finals, we'll wait and see, but um, a very impressive display by almost a makeshift midfield that at the start of the year they weren't very eager to use in Dawson, Laird and Crouch together, and they, they dominated in the end. And I think uh, one of the key reasons they got over the line, aside from Taylor Walker kicking seven, was... Um, their dominance around the stoppages. I mean, Dante Vicentini having to come in with Scott Lysett being managed um, just got exposed for Port Adelaide. That ruck depth is is certainly going to be looked at, and Brody Grundy may be an option in the future, but for the remainder of this season, I mean, it, it certainly showed a chink in Port Adelaide's armour. They lost the hit-out count by 19, and in the end, um, yeah, the, the clearances around the ground really cost them. And, and Matt Crouch, Rory Laird, and Jordan Dawson had a field day, and, and that exposed Taylor Walker to some really excellent entries, um, and he, he certainly took advantage of that. Uh, Crows certainly keep their season alive. Uh, yeah, I think um, considering the run home, uh, they basically had to win one of the showdown, the Melbourne game, or the Lions game in a couple of weeks, and then also defeat all the teams they're supposed to. So that they've knocked off one of the heavyweights, so that, that job is done now. And all they have to do from here is win the games they're supposed to. So I think that's the Suns, the Swans, and the Eagles, which no easy task, but they will be favourites heading into those games uh, purely because the, the Suns and the uh, Swans game are at home. So, um, yeah, but it's all in front of them now. I mean, there's so many teams chasing for those last few spots, and a couple of them saw some growths over the weekend. I mean, Carlton obviously had a great move up. And then you look at you know the likes of Richmond Geelong who fumbled the bag. So Adelaide's got an opportunity really to squeeze into the eight and what's going to be a, a tough finish. Any concerns for Port Adelaide with a tough finish to their home and away season? Yes and no. I mean, we've got four weeks to go and we still haven't seen the final form of a lot of teams. I mean, you look at Carlton, for example, and six weeks ago, everyone wanted to sack Michael Boss and, and now they're in the hunt for finals, if not nearly locked in. So... Uh, there's still a lot of time to play out before we start to sound the alarm for Port Adelaide. But obviously there, there's some concerns in the immediate, which is the, the ruck situation. Scott Lysett's knee seems to be a pretty big issue. Obviously they managed him this week, but they're, they're not really confident on him playing out the season. So they want to obviously get him to that finals by and then hope that he can carry through for the, the finals campaign because they don't really have an alternate option right now. So that that's a big concern. Geelong at Kid in Your Park's never an easy task. So next weekend's game is certainly going to be tricky and obviously a chance at losing four in a row, which could be a huge blow for the power. But otherwise, I mean, they've got a really good midfield. Um, their forward line, yeah, wasn't impressive, but at, at its best can certainly compete against the best. Um, the, the question, I guess, that will come out of this weekend is what happens with uh, Lear and Lockie Jones and what that means for their back line. Uh, obviously, neither of them have been deemed to have a concussion and, and that's going to play out over the next 24 to 48 hours because I certainly, from from what I saw, thought they both did. Uh, and if that's the case, their back line is going to be exposed tremendously because Tom Jonas is not up to task. Tom Cleary's out long-term. So they're, they're going to have to find some solutions out of their kids, which, which could really expose them. Yeah, and just on Geelong next week, uh, no Tom Hawkins, Blixarves as well. So both teams going into that game 
uh, under strength, especially due to injuries there. So we'll move on to Taylor Walker-Coleman, medal chance. So even he talked in that post-game presser that it is on his mind to win. Yeah, I certainly think it's a possibility. I mean, obviously, Kerno's a, a little bit ahead, but he, the seven certainly helped him catch up. And the fact that Adelaide have West Coast in that final round, that that's the one that's going to be incredibly exciting because it could be a game that could get the Crows into the eight on percentage and it could gift Taylor Walker a Coleman uh, if he kicks another 10. So, yeah, I think he's certainly in the hunt for it, but we probably won't see it play out into the final few weeks because both of them are in pretty good form right now. Yeah, I expect uh, if he's any chance that Adelaide will feed him at every chance in that final game of the home and away season. But we'll wait a few weeks and see what it uh, looks like going into the final round of the home and away season. So let's move on to the Adelaide versus Port Adelaide fantasy wrap. So 134 points from Jordan Dawson. He was outstanding in the midfield. Yeah, tremendous. Uh, I was a bit worried about possibly captaining him because of the attention he was going to get from Willem Drew. I mean, he did a pretty good job on Nick Dacos the week prior didn't phase Dawson at all, and um, his usual self, you know, when we talk about the link men in the Adelaide Crows, Dawson's the one who finds space, takes marks, um, gets them inside 50, has a chance on goal, so 34 touches, 7 marks, really handy, um, we've talked a lot about it this year, that, yeah, the, the role is just amazing for him, he's going to lose DPP at the end of the year, but so what, um, and his, his run's just been tremendous, um, a really good finish to the year coming for, for those who are in finals, I mean the Suns, the Lions, the Swans and the Eagles, three of those four, you could easily put the C on him, uh, unfortunately none of them will kind of be favourable for a VC so uh, we'll wait and see but um, yeah, he's yeah certainly a top eight midfielder right now yeah, On to Taylor Walker, speaking about his Coleman medal chance, so 131 points from Walker on Saturday night, he kicked seven, so if he needs you know, double digits going into that last game, you, you've got to think that, you know, 130, 140 would be the minimum. So just a reference here of Taylor Walker, 131 points on Saturday night. Yeah, we touched on it last week that I, I think with the West Coast Eagles come finals, you may want to actually look at who they're playing over the next four weeks, and that could almost be your F4 opportunity if you, if you were kind of looking for a luxury trade if you're in that position that getting a key forward against West Coast could be a really good option. I mean, Essendon, they don't really have a standout, so that's going to be difficult this coming weekend. But the final three, I mean, Brisbane against Adelaide, you, you'd expect that Joe Danaher would have a mass... Uh, sorry, Brisbane against Adelaide, rather. Um, Fremantle against West Coast is what I'm talking about. Luke Jackson would be great, even though he's rucking at the moment. He does float forward, so he should be able to kick some goals there. Um, it's around 23, West Coast end up playing the West of Bulldogs. So, uh, again, maybe a Tim English against a, a weekend ruck who can float forward and kick some goals, he should be able to take some pretty easy marks. Uh, and that final round, you know, Taylor Walker. So, yeah, I, I'd start to look at the the guys who can impact the scoreboard against West Coast because they just leak really big goals. Um, and, yeah, Taylor Walker in that final round, uh, I think he, he has to be an option because he, he probably will put 8 to 10 on West Coast once a game. On to Rory Lee, 115 points from here. So 26 disposals, a whopping 13 tackles. Yeah, and continues to shine um, considering almost that role change with Dawson coming in full time that um, we've touched on it a little bit that he he's mentioned to us in interviews uh, post game that you know he's heading towards 30 it's, it's getting harder for his body to recover but he's still such a brute out there and, and he came into this game and obviously had the week off but smashed in the shoulder um, which resulted in, in him being managed and there was that concern you know when it comes to shoulders does that impact their tackling and and Rory was straight back to his best, which is great to see. So um, I was one of the 
coaches who moved him out that one week just to try and capitalise on a win, but getting him back in seems to be a play because I, I think he is top eight right now. Um, so if he can find a way to squeeze him in, he looks back to his best. Uh, Two-part question on the next one here. So 105 points for Matt Crouch. So he actually, for me, he actually does look good in that midfield. And is he an option, especially at his value? And the second part is here. Is Roy Sloan sort of going to slide into that sub spot now? Uh, I'm not sure about permanently for the sub slot. Uh, I think we'll see him there occasionally across the remainder of the year. But he'll probably rotate it with the likes of McHenry and Saligo and, and even Schoenberg to an extent that, yeah, that they'll they'll hand it around to fill out that final kind of midfield rotation. But Matt Crouch, I think, needs to stay in there now for the rest mm. of the year. We've seen some really good form from him over the past couple of weeks. He's actually showcased everything that the Crows asked of him, which was yeah. more defensive pressure, uh, actually moving the ball forward, which we saw a lot more of in terms of his metres gained on the weekend. Um, I really liked what I saw out of that trifecta. So uh, I'd be rolling with it. I mean, Rankin's out long-term. Rochelle is due back, but I think he's probably the first in if you're looking at that rotation third midfield spot. So um, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think so. Um, he, he's You could get him in if you're really struggling for cash. Like, obviously, he, he's low down and under 700K, and, and he will have bottom, bottomed out after this weekend. This is as low as he's going to go. So if, if you're really cash-strapped, he's a great option for 80+. plus. I think at this stage of the year when you're playing finals, you should have a full team by now and you should be focusing on getting the best players in to round that out. So you're looking at premium upgrades rather than uh, you know mid-prices. And Matt Kraft is kind of that right now. So uh, I wouldn't prioritise getting him in, but if you are yeah, desperate, he's not a bad option. Round 20 fantasy wrap. So 122 from Andrew Brayshaw. Free man of good win over Geelong. Yeah, just surprising how well they played. I mean, Tom Atkins at times can be an absolute menace in the midfield. Andrew Brayshaw has been a little bit up and down in terms of his form. It's almost he's taken a backseat at times to, to Caleb Sarong, but uh, once again proved why he belongs in that, that top eight um, kind of echelon. The 122s, a magnificent score. I don't think anyone really had him on their radar in terms of a captaincy this weekend, but in the run home, they certainly will. So Brisbane this weekend, difficult task, but after that, West Coast... Hawthorne and Hawthorne, I think two of those last four, um, especially in that last round, I think you'd love to have him in against Hawthorne in, in your grand final. So, um, yeah, between him and Sarong, it's always a tricky task. You could have both, and I don't think you'd be worried because they just seem to be consistently tunning. So um, I think Brayshaw just has that higher ceiling, which is why I prefer him right now. Uh, next one here, uh, Mars Stadium, a windswept Mars Stadium in Ballarat in Victoria there. So Tim English... Crushes out a 153-point score. Massive, considering his opponent. Uh, Kieran Briggs is no easy ruckman to just score big on. And again, he floated around the ground. It impacted the scoreboard. Um, at times, looked a little quiet and had these massive bursts of scoring. Mm. Um, English to Bont and Pelly just seems to be a regular occurrence right now. And um, Frustrating for me. I'm waiting for lockout to lift because I was planning on... Uh, I had a war chest to get him in for finals because... Whenever English, English seems to drop a 90 and you think, oh, maybe he's going to plummet a bit in cash, he, he pulls out a, a 140, 150 to balance it right back out. So uh, getting him is incredibly difficult right now at his price. Um, and again, because of the 150, he's just going to keep going up from here. So he's around that 960 mark. Um, he'd be pushing towards 980, you'd think. Um, you, you want to get him in before he goes over a million once again. And as we've talked about, you're prioritising, you know, the rolling 22, the best guys you can possibly get out there. And, and Tim English is that with Ryan Marshall, I think. Max Gorn has been great, but Tim English is the guy who 
he's just consistently good. Uh, and then there is that uncertainty around Melbourne with Brody Grundy whenever he'll come in. But, I mean, Harrison Petty looked great today, so yeah. maybe we won't see him again. But I think Marshall and English are just the, the two most consistent guys with the highest ceilings. Yeah, 137, the next one here for Josh Dunkley. I think he'll be a big target this week. Yeah, he, he's bottomed out now. So I held back just to wait and see. With, with the break even at 141, you, you just want to make sure you, you're not losing too much cash trying to get up to a guy in the 900s. But, yeah, Dunkley's gone bang, bang, 110 plus the last two weeks on return. So there's no dramas at all about returning to the role that he had. And if anything, I guess um, with Will Ashcroft now out of that rotation, there's midfield minutes available. Dunkley was always in there heavily anyway. But uh, I think it, it may even help him get more. So... Between he and Neil, like they're kind of owning that midfield right now. Um, yeah, pretty couple of diff- difficult kind of opponents coming up in Fremantle, Adelaide, Collingwood, St Kilda, but more chances for Dunkley to lay tackles, which is always good. Like he loves scoring out of that compared to Lockie Neal, who needs that freedom to win the footy. So um, yeah, I'd be looking to try and get him in. The, the hard part, I guess, is if you're um, a coach who doesn't like having DPP guys in the midfield. Like obviously, you'd love Dunkley in your forward line, but um, there's a lot of good options there right now. If, if you're running, say, a Butters or a McRae at F6, like it's it's hard to justify moving them up, but um, maybe a Butters to Dunkley could be the go. Next one here, Errol Gordon. It was a very slow start, and then he just got going late, especially 142 points. Yeah, massive. Again, this guy's got the highest ceiling in the game, which is just so incredibly exciting. And yeah. um, Another one that I think after last week's performance probably just – fell off the radar in terms of captaincy options, but um, Errol Goulden's almost that kind of ride or die. If you're in a situation where you, your round's on the line and you're not really sure you'll get over, Goulden could be the guy to pull you over. So um, I love what he's doing, and, and because of the rollout on the wing, he doesn't really get tagged either. Like He, he has a pretty big impact, but most of the time he, he doesn't really gain that attention of, of a tagger. So against the Giants this coming weekend, it, it shouldn't be that big of a problem with the likes of Perryman and Ward running around. So... Um, not to mention the Battle of the Bridge, they tend to be, be higher tackling, more intense games. So, yeah, Errol Gordon, um, yeah, he, he'd probably say he and Dunkley, top two forwards right now in form. Taranto's kind of dropped off a little bit the last few weeks, which is a bit disappointing considering his hot start. But, um, yeah, Errol Gordon's one you need to have through the finals. Uh, next one here, uh, Zach Merritt, uh, consistent and high ceiling type player, 140 points from him. Yeah, and, and again, he needed that for the last couple of weeks, really battling with his 80s. But, um, yeah, a really good performance against Sydney. And considering, um, I guess, Parrish, as his kind of Robin, hasn't really impacted the last month, Zach Merritt's um, yeah, still the focal point of that midfield, which is exciting to see considering the, the talent they have around it. One to watch would be Will Setterfield as well. I think he's pretty he's due back very soon, uh, whether or not it's this week or the week after, and, and how, that, yeah, how that will impact his role. But, I mean... Merit, Merit's still the one you want out of the Bombers if you're looking at premium midfielders. 133 from Brad Crouch. So it was a high-scoring game at Marvel Stadium. Plenty of 100 points there on offer, and Crouch uh, locked one in. Yeah, I reckon a fair few coaches would have jumped off in with Steele returning to form that, that traditionally one of them does well and the other doesn't. And I mean, you don't get to play Hawthorne every week. So like, it's a really impressive score. It breaks the trend of his, his 80 90s over the past three weeks. Does it actually mean anything long term? I'm not sure. It probably, you know, if you still, if you held on to him, you can keep rolling with him. It, you know, you're comfortable that he still has that ceiling, but just be wary that it was against a lower quality opponent and with Jack Steele scoring well, traditionally Brad Crouch tends to disappear. So 
it's great if you held him, if you got off, like, don't panic. I understand it's frustrating that you let go of 133, but it's not the end of the world because I have a feeling that, that Crouch will have a couple of lower scores in the run home. No Brody, Grundy and Max Gorn has certainly ripped in some pretty good scores. He crushes out of 131 points today, and it was a huge second half. Yeah, massive. And, again, helped a little bit in the quality of the opponent. Like, Soldo has been serviceable for Richmond, but disappeared late, and I think that kind of helped Gorn really take over and, yeah. and almost get get the D's over the line. Um, that Yeah, that six, eight-minute patch on the bench, I'm not sure what the Tigers were doing there. But, yeah, a really good run of form. We've touched on this earlier with, with Tim English and, and what you do about your premium ruck options that Max Gorn, um, you know, when he goes off his best on ground, he's, he's scoring goals, he's dominating possession counts alongside his hitouts, and he's, he's pulling 130s plus. But uh, I'm just a little, yeah, concerned about with Brody Grundy in the shadows. He, you don't want to get to a grand final or a president final and have to deal with that. Um, North Melbourne this coming weekend is going to be tough as well. The Zeri Goldstein combo, they generally get about 50 hitouts between them, so that's no easy task. The the Carlton Hawthorne weeks look great, and Sydney as well. So it's, it's actually a pretty nice run home after this weekend. Um, but you just want that, that confidence that, that Grundy isn't going to come back in. And I, and I get that out of Marshall in English, that those two look pretty set to get. On to the last one here, I'll just throw one. One twenty points from Luke Davis Uniaki. He was uh, fantastic in the midfield for the Kangaroos, and they just fell short against West Coast. Yeah, the best player in a bad team, I think, is LDU, and, and he's taken a step this year. The, the frustrating part has been his injuries. He's been in and out of the side, and, and coaches jumped on in the early stages of the year thinking he was a, a very affordable option, and he still is technically right now. But I think the best part about today, aside from the fact it was West Coast, which kind of inflated his score a little bit, um, especially with that late goal. But um, we, we'd seen good performances from LDU against Geelong, Hawthorne, St Kilda, but we, you've now had a month of, of good form, no issues in terms of injury. So, uh, again, if you are trying to round out your team or you already have, but you, you're trying to make a little bit of cash, I mean, he's not a bad option. Melbourne this weekend's a difficult task, especially playing in Hobart. Essen and Richmond, the Suns, is not a bad way to end the year. So... Um, I didn't jump on because I was still a little bit unsure about the potential of him, considering yeah. he, he can drop you know, an 80 every now and again and that injury cloud. But we've had a really good month now of form that uh, I think it's worth investing if, yeah, again, you're looking for some cash. But I don't see him as top eight, but certainly a, a good option to find some way to get to top eight. Yeah, he's certainly been in fantastic form in recent weeks. So, well, Aaron, where can the listeners find you this week? Uh, so they can find me uh, at Aaron Bryans on Twitter. I'll be calling the Crows and Suns game, which is actually quite important now. I mean, Gold Coast, since that stacking Stuart Jew, have managed to stay in the hunt for finals. And realistically, I guess whoever loses this game on, on Saturday um, could be season over. So there's a lot on the line. Um, really excited to see, you know, that Ben Kin Taylor Walker at end-to-end kind of kicking goals, considering they're both in ripping form. So you'll be able to hear me on the ABC this and that. Across the country, you're on uh, ABC Radio, depending on which state you're in for that game. You can find me at AFL Ratings, Pete, on Twitter, aflratings.com.au for a stack of fantasy information, AFL Ratings and associated Twitter accounts there as well. Well, Aaron, all the best in your trade planning for this week, and we'll catch you at the end of round 21. Cheers, Pete.